Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, December 14th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The Chiefs know how to make things interesting, don't they? After falling behind the Miami Dolphins 10 to nothing, the Chiefs scored the next 30 points and were on their way to a rout, and then they weren't. The Dolphins made the Chiefs earn their 33-27 victory on Sunday. The A-team of Sam McDowell, Herbie T.O.P., Sam Mellinger, and Vahe Gregorian talked about it after the game on Sportsbeat Live, and we're presenting it here as a podcast where we also get a chance to talk with our audience. So let's get going. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to Sportsbeat Live, the Kansas City Stars Chiefs post-game show. This is where uh, the guys who cover the Chiefs get together and talk about what we just saw. And we do that with you, um, the audience. Uh, I see a lot of a lot of folks in the house already. Paul, Jack, uh, Craig, Kyle, Brian. Uh, appreciate you guys signing in, and we'll get to your questions and comments uh, as uh, uh, as soon as we, as soon as we can. So let's uh, let's see who's here. Uh, Sam Mellinger in the house. What's up, Sam? You got that right. How's it going? Good, good. Vahe Gregorian, I know he's here because uh, if I look around the corner, I can probably see Vahe. So, hey, Vahe. Hi, Blair. I just want to honor Sam. <laughs> we all do. Sam McDowell is here. He was ready to go a few minutes early today. That was great to see Sam McDowell uh, uh, eager to go. And Herbie Teope is, uh, is also here, I am told. There he is. It's always a roll of the dice uh, when I say Herbie's in the house because Beth has to punch him in special. So uh, good to see you, Herbie. No F-bombs from me, guys. No F-bombs from me. Well. Ooh, he didn't. <laughs> there's, still <laughs> there's, there's still a little light out, so uh, maybe later, Herbie. Um, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, other NFL uh, sites – uh, cities that do their sports beat live they you know they have to talk about losses sometimes or you know just uh ex- explain things and uh you know and, and and fans aren't always in a good mood and you know here we are covering the chiefs and we sometimes have to explain their victories and i kind of feel like today is one of those days where uh we, we gotta kind of figure out what went on today because we saw some things out there today not only that we haven't seen most of the year, but in the case of Patrick Mahomes, uh, rarely have seen – well, we have never seen a, a quarter like that in his in his career. So I think that's a decent place to start. So let's let's do that. Uh, Vahe, I know that you wrote about uh, Patrick Mahomes and the day that he had. Take us through his quarter and his day. Well, that, that was a crazy quarter. And the thing, look, we've certainly seen him have his bumps and his odd moments, right? But we've never seen sort of a, a cluster or a bunch, whatever term you want to use, uh, like that. I mean, I think it was, Blair, you broke it down. I didn't end up breaking it down, but it was in like a eight offensive play sequence where you had interception, six. Did that include the second interception? Yeah, six snaps. Six snaps. Two interceptions, uh, a bobbled, you know, exchange. I thought he could have handled it. Some people seem to think it was a bad snap. But really, the one that stood out was uh, a 30-yard sack that Pro Football Reference said on his database 
it, it basically made their database explode. They, they, they didn't have any any record of any such thing before. So think about all that going on. And for, and for a moment, it feels a little bit like an avalanche. But I look back at some of our tweets and some of the things we were all thinking and things we were talking about, Blair, and I – you know Patrick Mahomes enough to know that that's not probably going to be the signature of the day, but you 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 still want to wait to see it. And you know, it turned out fine. Um, and and it, it, you know, we can talk more about the four minute drill or, and all the stuff that went into that. But I but I thought Patrick had a pretty good game, and I think reminds us that he's human, and that you know it takes a lot for a human to be able to shrug off that kind of stuff and, and i think we don't give him enough credit for that in some ways not that we don't give him plenty of accolades but i think sometimes we think he's sort of superhuman and just well he's just going to do that and that, it, i don't know i figure it's not easy even being patrick mahomes <laughs> <laughs> well he is somewhat superhuman because after that quarter um he ended up throwing for most of his 393 yards um and his two touchdowns uh, and he led the Chiefs to a victory. That means, uh, Herbie, run it down for us. AFC West Championship was clinched today. 12-1 and one start, first time in team history. Uh, that happened today. We talked to Clark Hunt a little bit after the game about this. But, yeah, I, I mean, for, for things that kind of went goofy for the Chiefs in many ways today, they still found a way to get the job done. Yeah, it's, it's every week we're coming up with a record. Eh? And it's kind of funny you mentioned at the top of the show that it's uh, here we are. We have to explain why they won and how they won, but it's they're winning. And, and that's the craziest thing about it. You know, we can dissect all we want, but it boils down to the big fat W that's there. And they're 12 and one, first time in team history. And this is a storied franchise. So, you know, first time they go 12 and one in, in team history, that, that's, that's a pretty unique accomplishment despite all the, the bad things that happened today. And Blair, you pointed out on Twitter, the last time Mahomes had two interceptions in, in a quarter was the Super Bowl. And were, we, were any of us ever worried when he threw those two interceptions? I don't think so. I, I know I wasn't. Uh, I kind of figured it was going to be a close game, but I, I don't think um, any panic buttons were pushed over here. So, Sam Mellinger, I know that you kind of wrote around all, all what we're talking about here in your, in your first column uh, today. Just, you know, the, the, the Chiefs can do what they did in this game and still beat a team on the road that's in the playoffs. And at one point, the Chiefs led by 20 points after falling behind 10-zip. It's, it's yeah. I, I don't know, are they, are they roping open? I mean, what? <laughs> uh, they break the rules. Like um, they, they turned the ball over four times and, and had a 30 yard sack. The 30 yard sack is worse than a lot of turnovers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and they did four of one and, and, and one of the other and still won a game. And they, so I, I feel like we can, we can talk about their imperfections and then they've got, they've got plenty. Um, and the one that's showing up lately is this fourth quarter defense. They've, they've given up 45 points in the last three fourth quarters um, that's the kind of thing that can put you on the wrong side of a comeback in the playoffs. You know what I mean? But so, so we can talk about that, the, the interior, the offensive line, um, you know, whatever, but then you also need to wreck it. Cause if you do that, it is nonsensical to do that without acknowledging that they're 12 and one and, and have a specific set of strengths that can overcome all these weaknesses. There's no perfect teams, right? Like the, the Steelers for now, anyway, um, are the only other one loss team, 
um, in the NFL. The Steelers have some specific weaknesses that if you get them off track a little bit, um, you know, they're done. Like, you know, that's a playoff loss. You know what I mean? And that's a normal, really good team. Like, nobody should be surprised if the Steelers win the World uh, World Series. It's, nobody should be surprised if the Steelers win the Super Bowl, right? Um, you know, they're, they're good enough to do that. But they have these specific ways that, that you can beat them. I just don't know what those are with the Chiefs. Like, you know, last week, um, the, the Bucks or last week, the, the Broncos got a, a ton of breaks with, um, um, you know, with uh, the red zone. Um, the week before, yeah. uh, or not, so a ton of breaks last week with with the red zone. This week, the Dolphins get a ton of breaks with probably the sloppiest game that Mahomes has played, and they're still down twenty at home. I just, you know, look, you can beat the Chiefs. There's ways, and we we can talk about that if we want. But it, it's like I keep getting this in my head that to beat the Chiefs once on the scoreboard, you kind of have to beat them like nine or ten times on the field. Because if you don't, <laughs> they'll come back. Tyreek's going deep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or. Um or end a rounding for the Chiefs' first touchdown. And I right. Sam, Sam McDowell ended up writing about this. I know at one point into the third quarter, uh, Tyreek Hill had uh, one reception and one rushing attempt. Both were for touchdowns, and both were kind of, you know, huge plays, right? The, the, the end of round gets the Chiefs out of the, you know, out of the 10 nothing hole, and then the, the, the pass that, that beat uh, double coverage, I – I thought was you know you know at the time I just thought that was the backbreaker for you know for, for the Chiefs because they'd already correct me if I'm wrong they already had the uh, I'm sorry that made it 21 to 10 and then McCall Hardman had the punt return to make it 28 to 10 so but Sam McDowell you wrote about Tyreek didn't you Yeah what interested me from the start of that was just the fact that when one of these guys doesn't have a great game now it seems to be interesting because it's so rare but specifically looking back in comparison to this is a Brian Flores coach team, a Brian Flores game plan decided, I want to take away Tyreek Hill. And looking back, the last time he coached against the Chiefs was that AFC Championship game in 2019, so two seasons ago, and he successfully did that. Tyreek Hill had one catch in that game. Fast forward to today, he tries to do the same thing, and the Chiefs came up with more creative ways, I think, to, to go against that. Now, we hear a lot of Patrick Mahomes saying, I'm just going to take what the defense gives me. That's what Andy Reid says, too. we got plenty of playmakers. Don't, don't need one guy, to, one specific guy to go off. But today they still made a point to, to say, if you're going to try and take away Tyreek Hill, we're still going to get him involved. And you mentioned the jet sweep was one of the ways that they still get the ball in his hands, and there was a lot of deception on that play. And then the, he beats double coverage, which is what he saw most of today. And the way he beat it was just a little tick from Patrick Mahomes to, to put the ball in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's hands before he removes it. And this is where actually, you know, we talked a lot about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's size coming out of the draft. This is actually where I think it helped him because if you look at that safety, he doesn't know whether Edwards-Hilaire has the ball. And I think it's because he's disguised behind the offensive line because of his size. He takes two steps forward. And like I wrote in the story, two steps forward is too many against Tyreek Hill. And all of a sudden you're burned on, on double coverage. So those were two plays that they specifically targeted Tyreek Hill even though they knew the attention that the Dolphins were giving him. Um, so th- that's just why that, that stood out to me, partic- particularly because of the, the coach it came against. I think you make a good point about Brian Flores and, and, the, and the game plan, because not only did they shut out uh, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, the Chiefs offense in the first half of that AFC championship game, uh, the, the Patriots led 24-9 to at halftime of the regular season game yeah. that year. Uh, and, and that game occurred a year after the Chiefs went over the top for long touchdowns. Remember in the season opener against the Patriots, 
And that's just how much uh, Flores and, and, uh, and Belichick went to school, I think, on the Chiefs that night and were able to use that against them the following year. So a um, uh, couple other things. I, I, Herbie, let's, let's talk about a couple of personnel matters here. The only um, player that uh, – a couple of players who didn't finish the game, uh, Mike Remmers. But do we do we know anything? I think uh, I, I saw is it um, the the Missouri offensive lineman yes sir Durant on the on the field at the end of the game. Yeah, Mike Remmers left in the second half with a back injury, which of course is kind of alarming because they're the guy he replaced Mitchell Schwartz is is still currently on injured reserve with a back injury. So now you've got the starter and the replacement. Uh, now now nursing back injuries. The good news for the Chiefs though is their cornerback Severus Ward left with. A head injury uh, towards the end of the third quarter was evaluated, and Coach Andy Reid said that he was cleared and he was okay, so he did finish the game. Okay, Jason Bremers is the one um, that you're going to really want to look forward or, or watch very closely in the coming week. Get get some news on this week, right? So Jason Paddock notes that the second game in a row that we've seen uh, Tyree Hill come up a little gimpy and grabbing his hamstring. I don't know. He seemed to he he did that at the end of the the fourth down reception, right? That's the other big play that he had today. The fourth down reception in the late in the game that kept the 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 Budker field goal drive alive. He did kind of reach around and hold his hamstring, but then he seemed to walk normally after that. And the fact that Andy Reid didn't mention it in the post game is probably a good sign. Where are you making me think of Mark Richter's tweet about uh that? Like defensive backs who've just been burned, uh, receivers who who don't make it to the end zone tend to grab for their hammy. Um, <laughs> just give a little little flash. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I, probably not, but it sounds like he's probably okay. Did you guys know the four giveaways today? The most uh, second most in the Chiefs game with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. Uh, only the the Rams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Rams game. He had there were five in the Rams game a couple years ago, right? Three three picks, which matches he he matched that today, and then a couple other fumbles, I guess, in that game. Um, so I want to go back to something Melly was saying about the defense. They, they they were wilting in the second half. Hot day, right? It was eighty degrees in Miami, and um, and they were on the field for for quite a while. But I also think after weeks and weeks of waiting for the defense to come up with some big plays, they turned, they, they turned them in today. We, we saw a few. The Chiefs had one sack in the previous three games. They had four today, including Chris Jones in the end zone, to give the Chiefs their first safety since 2016. I didn't realize it had been that long. And then Tua Tugavailoa hadn't thrown an interception this year, and I thought Rashad Fenton had some good defense that – uh, knocked the ball loose, and, and Tyron Matthew was there for the pick. He's got six on the season, leads the team. So I, I thought the defense was pretty instrumental after it was 10 to nothing, the, uh, getting the Chiefs, um, keeping the Dolphins you know, from off, off the scoreboard and allowing the Chiefs to get to that 30 to 10 lead. I kind of blame the offense at that point for, for not adding to the, the pad, the lead at that point. Uh, I, I'm not sure I would put that on the defense to, you know, to have to close out the game. Although Tyron Matthew did after the game, he was, he said that was his big takeaway today was um, kind of ticked off that the defense couldn't put the game away and it came down to a final possession. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the marks of a good team and, and we've seen both around Kansas city, but one of the marks of a good team is when the quarterback says, I let the defense on the field too long on a hot day. 
that's on me. Andy Reid says that's on me. Um, even though <laughs> anything defense is not on Andy Reid. Like that's he's over talking to his quarterback when those guys are on the field. Um, and then Tyron Matthew saying what he did at the end um, as well. Like I, I, I do think that the defense. Um, you mentioned the four sacks. Um, I, I'm curious to see what the numbers turn out to be. I thought it was the most pressure. Forget the sacks, but I thought it was the most pressure that they've gotten on a quarterback in in a really long time. And forget you, you the sacks. Spagnola is really rubbing off. off, off on <laughs> I know, <him>. right? <laughs> you, you can ask that guy. By the way, you can ask that guy a question about pressures and say, like, I'm not worried about sacks. I'm just talking about pressures. And be like, well, you need to stop talking about sacks. I'm just talking about pressures. Like, it doesn't matter with that guy. But that play, Blair, you, you just mentioned that play that Rashad Fenton made uh, was absolutely terrific. He got his hands like under. I forget was it Grant, um, whoever the receiver was, like his hand under there to, to deflect that ball out. Um, Treshawn Wharton, um, I thought had another really good game, yeah, effective uh, with some pass rushes. I mean, it, it was a look like you know, seventeen points in the fourth quarter can't happen, but they did a lot of really good things on defense for sure. Well, good. I wrote about it, so I didn't want to. I didn't want a side, <laughs> sidebar to be written in vain. <laughs> right now, choosing to write about the defense before the fourth quarter with this team, though, is pretty risky, Blair. <laughs> it's a roll of the dice, that's for sure. It takes guts. <laughs> hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Andy North said he he really liked the play of Mike Dana and uh, and Willie Gay today. Yes, I I, I, I think uh, yes on both. But Mike yeah. Dana, man, what a motor that guy seems to have. I know we've talked a lot about Turk Wharton, and maybe it's because of his background, you know, is coming from Missouri S and T. But but I'm, I'm I've been impressed with Mike Dana when he's been on the field. I, I just that that dude has a he's got an engine. He plays a hundred percent every snap. The, the, the broadcast did a really good job of highlighting that that run where he set the edge, which is the thing Chiefs ends yeah. have not always done, but set the edge and then sort of discarded the – I can't remember if it was a tackle or a tight end now, but discarded him and made the tackle. He's um, He plays <laughs> – there's never a play where you don't think, God, that guy's playing hard. I like discarded as your term there, Sam. Discarded. He did, didn't he? Just for like, yeah, I think that's, yeah. that we need to see that word in print a little more. <laughs> I'm on it. Uh, hey Herbie, um, I had to look up when I saw on the on the um, uh, on the uh, McCole Hardman punt return. The big block was made by a player. I had to look up really quick. Uh, Chris Lamons, um, guy who just, he just am I wrong about this? He had just joined the Chiefs recently, or was on the uh, on the practice squad. But uh, he's the guy that uh, CBS highlighted on the. Uh, getting the big block there and uh, heck of a play, first of all, by McCole Hardman, career first punt return for a touchdown. He had a kickoff return last year, but that was all part of the avalanche of, of points that were coming so quickly and easily for the Chiefs that 
I don't know if I can't say they relaxed, but I, it, it, it almost was too much too soon. It was, it was the good times were rolling and why can't they stay that way? Well, it was a blitzkrieg at the start of the third quarter. It was, a, it was two touchdowns in the span of 62 seconds. As for Chris Lamon, he actually spent time on the Chiefs practice squad last year, was on the training camp roster, was recently elevated from the practice squad be, uh, in the wake of Dorian O'Daniel going on injured reserve. So the last two weeks, he's, he's been a big guy on special teams. Uh, last week, he logged 19 special team snaps. So that, that's going to be his forte as long as he's continued to be elevated up. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's uh, that blitzkrieg, I think, gave them that cushion. But then, as we all know, it's, it was like the Chiefs now. It's once you get midway through the third quarter, you're like, oh boy, here we go. And then you got to sweat it out. Yep. Hey, Melly, Kyle Coffey uh, notes that uh, speaking of the fourth down play, bravo to Andy Reid for, for running that play. I know that yes. you are uh, 100% behind. Look, I, I think they had to go for it. Um, I, Vahe and I were talking in the office. What, what, what's the play call going to be? Because uh, I don't think they could send Edwards Alaire up the gut again. That, that wasn't going to work. But um, uh, what would you think of the play call? Obviously, it was a heck of a play call. Yeah, obviously, I'm going to like that call. <laughs> um, I'm going to like going for it in that situation. I think they should go for pretty much anything, fourth and one or fourth and two even. Um, but, yeah, as, as long as that wasn't going to be a handoff to Edwards Alaire up the middle. Um, I, I was going to be happy with it because, you know, part of the reason and look, I think most teams, maybe all teams, but certainly most teams should go for more fourth and shorts th- than they do. But the Chiefs especially should do that more because of because of all they have. And when when you make a play like that, where, where Mahomes is, is running out, you know, you're kind of moving the pocket. Um, now, I can't remember if that was against man coverage or zone, but you're, you're you're moving the pocket and you're giving Mahomes like an option. If he sees, you know, a yard and a half in front of him, he can go do that. You're putting more stress on the linebackers in that area. And you've got the fastest guy in football um, there to catch the ball. So, I mean, it's just, they've got so many, I mean, they just, I know I say this a lot, but they like present more problems than the defense has solutions for. And, and when you can do that, you, <laughs> you got to take advantage. Tell you what though, I, I, I thought they should have run that on third and one, uh, but uh, maybe, maybe the defense isn't as tight on third and one as, as it was on fourth and one. And something else we need to acknowledge today that uh, the, the Dolphins, they lost their starting running back this weekend to the reserve COVID nineteen list. Their 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 starting linebackers weren't available today. Um, this was a this was a shorthanded Dolphins team, but one that had been playing pretty well. I think they'd won seven of their last eight games, losing only to the Broncos in that stretch. And um, uh, when they got up to ten to nothing, I was thinking, you know, th- this is a this is a team that's capable of, you know, of of, of you know, m- making the afternoon difficult for the Chiefs, and they ended up doing it, but not in the way that I, I thought I thought was going to happen. So, I thought it was interesting, Blair, along the lines that Patrick. I know he was just being playful, but Patrick said, "You know, Tua's got a bright career ahead of him," and it, it, you know, added the comedic pause and 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 said, uh, "You know, hopes it's not too bright." But I think I think he says that as a real tip of the cap to what he sees Tua's future being and. And what that's going to mean to the Dolphins. Larry, you, you raised a very good point there because the, the Chiefs did catch a shorthanded Dolphins team, especially on in the backfield. I mean, think about this. Their top three running backs were out. You, you mentioned Gaskin, who was on the COVID-19 list. Matt Breida landed on the list on December 4th, and he's still not off the COVID list. And then they were missing Ahmed, who, who was out with a shoulder injury. And so what ended up happening here was – 
They went with um, DeAndre Washington, Elijah McGuire, two former Chiefs players, and then uh, Patrick Laird. And then, so it, it's good to see the Chiefs defense was able to take advantage of that situation because essentially you turned the Dolphins into a one-dimensional unit as far as the offense was concerned because they could not run the football. Washington didn't have any lanes in there at all. But it would have been different, I think, if they had their, th- their top three running backs. Do you guys get the feeling we're going to see a lot of the Dolphins over the next several years, that this is, this is a team that's going to move to the upper echelon of the AFC? I mean, you guys know how I feel about like the, it's got to be the right situation, not just the, the quarterback, not just the coach, not just the front office, but the whole thing. And, and it sure as hell looks like they've got all those pieces in, pay, in place, like a, a, a really good coach, a quarterback who could be a star, talent on both sides of the ball. I mean, absolutely. I mean, the AFC in the next – the AFC in general in the next five or ten years, I mean, it really – things change in the NFL all the time. Um, you know, Mark Sanchez was watching the AFC championship game, right? But, uh, you know, th- that that looks like, uh, you know, a horse you can bet on. And then, you know, the Bills, um, the Titans – uh, the Ravens, the Colts. I mean, there, there's just there's a lot of talent in the AFC. Heck, I like the Browns. Um, and yeah, uh, and and I I'm not, I'm not giving up on Justin Hubert and the Chargers. I am this year, and they'll make a coaching change. But I I think there's that's an opportunity to uh, to be successful there with that quarterback. And uh, they always play the Chiefs tough. Um, I, I like that quarterback better than what I saw from Tua today. And I haven't seen enough of Tua to sort of give an assessment about what he's going to be in the future. Not that that assessment would, would carry much weight anyway, but I wouldn't say I was overly impressed with, with what I saw from him today, especially in terms of arm strength. I, I think his accuracy is more there than the arm strength. I also think uh, there's some pocket presence issues that I, I think probably need to be cleaned up. And they, I mean, that that's probably more correctable than some other issues you'd have with your quarterback, but I guess I'm not quite as sold on the on the Dolphins long term as, as some other people. Uh, some other people on the call seem to be. <laughs> you know what I liked? I liked it was just one play, and there were other plays, but I there was a third and twelve or third and eleven pass he threw that uh, it just I don't know it looked to me like uh, it's just such poise and, and delivery in, in a you know a tough situation against a, a, a big time opponent. Um, and let's remember, he did have, you know, they were down three offensive linemen. So, but you're right. I mean, he's a, he's a work in progress. So it'll be, it'll be time before we can tell what he's really got. Down three offensive linemen and his top three running backs. That, that's, that's a lot to overcome for any quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Hey, uh, and I meant Sam McDowell, I meant to bring this up. What was the line on today's game? Do you know what it was at kickoff? Yeah, it was a, it was uh, seven or seven and a half, depending on the book. So you know that's actually, you know, of course, that's two of the last three weeks have been really bad beats because the Tampa beat was very similar. But that's the fifth straight week that the Chiefs have not covered the line now. Hey, and the Dolphins did the right thing by kicking the field goal there, right? I mean, that was that was the yeah, right absolutely. thing to do. And, you know, the Dolphins already stood alone for covering the spread. I think they're ten and what? What would that be? Ten and four or ten and three? Ten and three. They're they're ten and three now against against the spread this year. Best in football. Right. So um, I, I'll have to go back and look at the comments because um, uh, I, I don't think I see his name, and I know that we haven't mentioned, uh, at least only in passing, the, the name of you know the guy who's become so consistently good. We just take it for granted, and that's Travis Kelsey. Um, this was the fourth straight game he had exactly eight receptions. 
Second straight game, he had exactly 136 yards and a touchdown. Just a ho-hum, you know, uh, best tight end in the NFL kind of game for him. The guy, he just amazes week after week by just, you know, being who he is. If they took the quarterbacks out of the equation, I was if they took the quarterbacks out of the equation for MVP, because the MVP these days is just the best quarterback in football. If they had a separate award that was not quarterback related, I, I think Travis Kelsey would would have to be the leader for that. I was just going to say, I thought you that between Kelsey and Aaron Donald, because Sam, you're absolutely correct. It seems like the MVP award always goes to the quarterback, but my goodness. Kelsey is having an MVP type season, and it seems like Aaron Donald seems to have that every year. But it, that would be a fascinating race if it if it came down between Kelsey and Aaron Donald. Shouldn't they do that? Shouldn't they make that award? By the way, like I should MV not a quarterback <laughs> <laughs> with better right. name, but they should <laughs> like mine. <laughs> Well, in college, they have the John Mackey Award, but I don't think that would satisfy <laughs> Travis Kelsey. And, uh, Daniel Beisinger um, and Brian Hardy both acknowledged that third down catch that he went up high. I think it was maybe his best catch of the year where he went up high for the – I don't know how many yards it covered, but that was just fantastic uh, reception on his part. Bahe, I know you were going to weigh in on – yeah, here's your time, Bob. Yeah, yeah, time's mine. Um, just this, I, 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 it was no coincidence, I think, that uh, they're down ten nothing, and and you know, Chiefs fans are in the panic room, and uh, the first play on the next drive is that twenty-one yard pass to to Kelsey to kind of just get it right, you know, get it started, and uh, I think you could see things kind of take root after that, and that that was the drive that led to Tyree Kill's. Uh, mad dash for 32 yards that only a world-class sprinter could do and that we take for granted also, apparently. <laughs> now, I, um, just, a, just another fantastic game for him. And I, I don't know, I, the, the, the Seahawks have already played in one, right? Didn't they? Um, no, they're, they're, they're playing now, but winning heavily. Okay, so we'll see what uh, Metcalf ends up with. But I think Kelsey was only five yards behind Metcalf in terms of yeah. receiving yards uh, this year. And that's uh, uh, that's kind of who he's chasing, or that's sort of the race uh, to, for Travis Kelsey to become the first the tight end to lead the NFL in receiving yards. I don't know if he'll get the chance. If the Chiefs end up clinching the overall number one seed before week 17, I don't know how much he'll play that day. But uh, let's let's talk about that for a second. The Chiefs just, you know, at least for the next few hours, are the t- are the number one seed in the AFC playoffs because the Steelers play tonight against the Buffalo Bills. Um, uh, if the season ended the right now, very this very moment, the Bills would be the three, Titans the four, Browns the five seed, the Colts the six seed, and the Dolphins would be the seven seed. Uh, maybe depending on what the Raiders are doing right now. But anyway, do um, any of those teams? Um, present more of a challenge to the Chiefs. I know they haven't played most of them this year. In fact, they have only played the the Bills and the Dolphins of that group. Um, but uh, should is we'll get into this in a bigger way as we get closer to the playoffs. But just to sort of wind this down and and look ahead with the Chiefs going to New Orleans next week, any of these other AFC teams that uh, should really strike fear in the hearts of the Chiefs. Can I say that, like, I don't know if this is contradicting, but I think the Chiefs are clearly the best team. 
But I think they could lose to the Steelers. Um, I think they could lose to the Titans. Um, I think that's a really interesting matchup um, in a lot of ways, but like just another like solid program in general. Um, I think the Bills are interesting, but I think I think the Steelers Titans would be the ones that um, you know I'd be most like concerned about. But uh, you know, Chiefs are the best team, but they're not unbeatable. Like these other teams are good too. The, the real interesting matchup to me would be if they played the Browns um, because the Browns just run, 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 run the ball, and they've got two guys who can do it. And there's not a lot of NFL teams out there right now that are built that way. So they lead the league in rushing, so I think that would that would be a pretty intriguing matchup. The Titans don't scare me as much as they probably would last year because their defense isn't what it was last year. Um, but I, I still think when you look at the depth of the AFC, it's significantly better in that five, six, seven range than it has been for a few years. So I think whoever they play in their first game, whether it's that two, seven game, whether they get the bye, it, it, it's going to be a tough game. That first matchup. Okay. Um, we'll be back on, on Thursday, certainly to talk about the next game, which, uh, heretofore will be known as the Herbie Teope bowl. Um, <laughs> So, you know, we, we get on you all the time, Herbie, about mentioning the team that you used to cover. And now uh, if you don't talk about them, you'll be derelict in your duty this week. So um, with only you, I want to know what's your uh, what's your early line on Chiefs, New Orleans Saints, the o- the teams that you have covered for. Well, the only NFL teams you've ever covered as a as a beat guy. Yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. If it's if it's a. Uh... Taysom Hill at quarterback, he's having all kinds of issues right now with the Eagles. The Eagles, the Eagles are beating the Saints right now. But Sean Payton, though, you know, he, he'll probably figure out a way to, to fix this issue because, you know, this this is a big game. I, I really would have preferred it for it to be Mahomes versus Breeze, but I don't think we're going to get that. Okay, well, we'll come back to you in a bigger way on Thursday about this. You will have the scout for – it's just going to be you. It's just going to be you two on the call on Thursday, Blair. I'm not coming for that. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually funny that McDowell mentions that because uh, if you remember in 2016 when I was on the Saints beat, when they came back here to play the Chiefs, uh, all the Saints beat writers just said, we're, we're, we're not even going to ask any questions. Just you and you and Reed. So I had Reed for like 10 minutes. <laughs> I think Sorensen had a pick six in that game. I'll have to go back and look. So yeah. Well, Peyton's not going to be that way with me because he's a different different guy with the media. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, look, uh, it was great uh, catching up with you guys, as it always is, and um, our, our, so many questions and comments. I wish we could have gotten to more. I really appreciate you guys um, uh, watching and, and and asking questions and, and putting, in, putting in the comments. And please do it again on Thursday when we come back at you at 9.30 a.m. So for... Sam Mellinger, Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian, Herbie Teope, and our producer, Beth Welsh. We will uh, we'll talk to you again next later this week. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. The tip of the cap to the A-team, Sam McDowell, Herbie Teope, Vahe Gregorian, and Sam Mellinger for stopping by and talking about the Chiefs' victory over the Dolphins. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we have another deal for you, especially for those who want to deep dive into the Stars' terrific Chiefs coverage. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. How do you get it? You go to KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. That's 
kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? I know I do. Check out the entire Kansas City Star product, sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage that comes with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of the offers, send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Tuesday with another episode. <music>